Welcome to the new year. And uh, I just want to talk just for a couple minutes because I want to talk about where we're going to go in 2016. But somebody said to me, well, Patty, how long are you going to go? And I said, you know, when I was a little kid and I used to go to watch night services or New Year's Eve services, I'll tell you, nothing irritated me more than a preacher that went past midnight. Right? So if you are worried about that tonight, I just want you to know, I brought, my, I brought my tablet here, and it's got a giant clock on the front so that I cannot go past the time, okay? So you don't need to worry about that. You can check to see if you're synced with me or not, but I think we're going to get it right to the second, okay? Do you trust me to do that? So here we are, and it's, it's the end of 2015, and, and we just had this look back, and can I just tell you, I don't know about where any of you are at in all of this, but if you had told me a year ago that this is where I would be, and that this is where Jeff's and my life would have happened over that, we would have just looked at you like you had three heads. And we would have started laughing and gone, that's nice. That's not going to happen, right? Anybody else here, you had some unexpected moments in 2015, right? There's some stuff that happened that we knew was going to happen. And then there's stuff that we didn't know was going to happen. And now we're looking forward into 2016. And we're all sitting here. And we all know that we know exactly how the year's going to go. Because we all got our plans. We all got our way of exactly what's going to happen. And how many know that the plans, you know, God just laughs when we make plans, right? And, and so there's going to, we're looking at, the, at what 2016 might be bringing. And, and it might be exactly what we expect. Or we might end up in a totally different place doing a totally different thing than we have any idea of right now. Who knows what it's going to bring? And, and what about this place? What about this church? What about Evangel, us here? We just looked at all the changes that happened. You know, I got here just a couple of months ago, and uh, I sat down with our staff and, and was trying to just figure out everything that, that happened here. And I said, what, what do you guys do here for New Year's Eve? Because we, in Hamilton, we didn't, we didn't have a New Year's Eve service. We did our, all did our own thing. And so I said, what do you do here for New Year's Eve? And, and people started talking. They said, oh, well, you know, it's, we have some singing. There's some good music. And they said, and, uh, and then sometimes we do a slideshow. And sometimes we, we laugh a little bit. People like to hang out. And, um, and, and there's definitely a countdown to midnight. Oh, yeah. And the pastor shares what the vision is that God has given them for the coming year. I said, really? No pressure, right? I just got here and I'm supposed to have... Now, I am a person that is all for vision. I, I am. I'm a big picture kind of person. If I don't know what the big picture is, then I don't know what's supposed to happen in the details. And I like, I like to know what the big picture is. But it comes as it comes, and it can be a little tricky to schedule it for New Year's Eve. And I kind of looked at our staff, and I said, you know, only God can make that happen. I think he did. Here's, let me go back a little bit. A few weeks ago, uh, we were, it was, it was the last Sunday, I think, in November, the week before we, we rededicated this building back to God. And uh, we, we were going through the Market Up series, and I was speaking, and it was the um, message that was on when, when Jesus went into the temple, and he cleared out the temple. You remember that story? I'm sure it deeply impacted you. You remember every point of that sermon that I spoke that day. I know you do, so I won't, I won't even bother to quiz you. That would be insulting. But Jesus, you know, he went into the temple, 
And it was, the, it was the time when he went in there and it was Passover and there were all kinds of crowds there. And then there were, of course, all kinds of Passover lambs there. And the place was just humming and it was buzzing and there were people that had to change currency and all this stuff was happening. And Jesus went in and he started just throwing tables, right? And he started driving the merchants out and he was so angry and he was so frustrated because he said, didn't you know this is supposed to be a place where everybody... All nations can come together and worship God. And and Jesus was so frustrated and he was so upset because they were so busy celebrating Passover that they had taken over the space where the outsiders could pray, where the Gentiles could pray. They They were so busy practicing their faith within their walls, within their sacred space. They were so busy practicing their faith that they actually got in the way of people who wanted to connect with God. And on that day, I found that so impacting, that whole idea of why Jesus was frustrated about that. God's people, so busy practicing their faith that they stopped others from finding God. And I said on that day in November here, wouldn't it be a shame if we did the same thing? And I said on that day, I said, you know, here we are in this beautiful building. It's lovely. It's gorgeous. I just now saw for the first time what the seats used to be like in here. So much better, right? So much better. And I said, but wouldn't it be a shame the week before the dedication if we ended up doing the same thing? And I said, listen, you guys, next week we're going to dedicate this building. This is what I said in November. Next week we're going to dedicate this building again to God and we're going to celebrate what's been done. But then can we make sure that our really beautiful, gorgeous building that has all the amenities and everything amazing, can we make sure that it doesn't just become a comfortable place, a sacred place where we can come in and we can practice our faith without anybody seeing at our convenience, totally separate from everyone else? And I said on that day, once we've dedicated this space to God, can we just fling the doors wide open? And can we just um, make this a place where we don't hide away, but we make it a place where we carry Jesus out those doors to all those people that are out there? And I said, can we make this a place where the doors are open so wide that people know that they're welcome to come in here no matter who they are and that they are safe here and there's space for them to be able to connect with God and to pray? I said, can we make sure that we don't unintentionally exclude outsiders because we get so busy practicing our faith? And without even realizing it, something started, at least in me, that day. And maybe in the rest of you a little bit too. Something started, something we started to touch on for what's next for Evangel. You know, Pastor Bill said to me at the end of that service that day, he said, Patty, you know, the dedication service is next Sunday, but you just preached the dedication message today. Something started that day. And then there was this other moment um, with the staff when I, I, I took all the staff and, and I, I, I took some of them to Huntsville a couple of weeks ago. You know, it's a scary thing for staff when a new pastor comes. 
It's terrifying for them. They don't get a say. They don't get a vote. They don't get to be part of the interview process. And so some of our staff, we didn't even meet face-to-face until I was actually here and was, was already working here. And so it's, it's anxious for everybody. For the congregation, they're hoping, well, I hope we made the right choice. And the lead team or the board, they're hoping for the same thing. The staff, they're also hoping for the same thing. And they're also going, gosh, I hope she likes me because this is my job right? So it's a little nerve-wracking for staff. And so in my first few weeks here, I met most of our staff. There we are at one of our most shining and glorious moments. And, uh, and I, I, I sat down with all of them and I said, listen, just tell me who you are. Tell me what you do. Tell me what your dreams are. I sat down with almost everyone in that group uh, for about an hour and a half or two hours, each person, and just said, just talk to me. Tell me who you are. And, and that's not the picture we took at the end of that. It wasn't exhausting talking to me. It's just, it's been a, it's been a busy year. And, uh, and, and can I just tell you, Evangel has a great staff here. It, yeah. This church has a great staff here. And, and, and I sat down with them and every single one, and I'm sure it wasn't planned, every single one of them, as I met with them one-on-one, they just choked up slightly, just telling me what their passion was for this church, telling me about the, the, the burden that they carry and the passion that they carry for the role that they play here. And that is something special. That is something that you don't see at every church. And can I, if you haven't told one of our pastors or one of our staff lately how great they are, please do it tonight because they, th- this is one blessed church really. And, and so then that helped me get a grasp on, on who this church is and where we might be going next, some of those conversations. And then Pastor Bill, he's just a constant stream of information, like just high speed, lots of information. Somebody used the phrase once, something like sipping from a fire hose. And that's what it's like when you're, when you're sitting near Pastor Bill. He just drops information on you at the speed of light. And we have a really supportive lead team. And everybody started giving me this idea of who this church is and, and sort of, you know, burning in me who we might become and where we might be going next. And so, so I took our staff to Huntsville, some of them. And, uh, and we took some time, Pastor Bill and Sheila hosted us out there. And uh, we turned our phones off. I know turned our phones off, and went out and got away, got out of the city, and, and just started talking and started asking questions. And uh, we just had a few days away where we could take every single thing that was evangel and just ask, what, what are we doing? Why are we doing it? How are we doing it? What's good? What's working? What's maybe not working so much? We did, we did brainstorming. We, we looked at scripture. We spent time praying together. We spent time laughing together. We talked about everything that has to do with evangel and what God might have for our future here. And, and you know what? We came up with something. And then we brought that something back here. And we, we shared it with the rest of the leadership and, and we started having flip charts everywhere on the walls, flip charts everywhere with multicolored stuff on them. And then, and then I shared it with our lead team as well. I said, listen, this is what we feel God's given us. And I shared it with our lead team, with our board, and I put the flip charts up for them. And if you've been in our boardroom over the last few weeks or in my office, you've seen pieces of newsprint stuck all over the walls with, you know, colors and markers and stuff all over them, some writing sideways and all that kind of stuff. It's from all of that because we we feel like we've got something. See, I got to arrive here. I got the joy of arriving just as something awesome was being completed. 
Just as reimagine was being finished and was coming to a close. And it is so amazing to see and to hear everything that has happened through the reimagine project here. And the whole building was gutted and redone. And, uh, and everything was brought up to date so that the space is usable for everything we need for the next hundred years. And, uh, and, then, and then girls were bought out of sex trades. They were freed from sex um, slavery, and uh, and then we planted this church, this French campus on the east side of the city. Jeff and I got to go there just a couple weeks ago. It's awesome, just awesome. I don't even speak French, and it was fantastic. We had a blast there. We're going there again in a couple of weeks. We get to be part of that. This church has done well, you guys. A hundred years almost, going into our hundredth year next year. It has done well. Do you know how many churches that are a hundred years old are a building that's empty? Take a look around you. Take a look around. Seriously, that wasn't a metaphor. Take a look around. This church has done well. Look how many people we have here. Look what we've managed to do. This church has done well. And it would be so easy to go, well, all right then. There it is. We're here. We're good. Let's just, let's just sit back. Pat ourselves on the back. Good job, Evangel. Way to go. 100 years old. Look around. Look how good we've done. It would be so easy to just let the next 100 years come to us. You know? Because we've worked hard. We've, we had to have services in the forum for the last year. Go all the way there, set everything up, tear everything down every Sunday. Had to squish the services into a shorter time and, and, and had to help out and volunteer here and try to get stuff done. And then just when you think you've been through the worst of it, then your senior pastor tells you that he's leaving, right? And you get through the stress of that and you got to come and you got to face the stress of finding a new pastor, wondering what he's going to be like. Wondering if you're going to like his wife. <laughs> Whoever saw a pastor's wife with such spiky hair? <laughs> right? 2015 has been exhausting for Evangel. And it would be very easy to just sit back and go, you know, I need a little me time. Need to chill. Need to, need to just have a little evangel time in our new space. Pastor Patty, can we do that? Nah. You know why? Because we've got something. God's given us something. He's showing us the next way to go. We're at the beginning of a whole new century at evangel. And I would hate to have the history books say that at the beginning of our second century as a church... We decided to start the whole thing off by taking a year off and just sitting back and relaxing. I would rather have the history books say a hundred years from now that we finished Reimagine, we dedicated the building, we inducted a new pastor with a spiky-haired husband who it turns out is a nice guy after all. And, and, and then, and then after we did all that, I would like the history book to say that we turned this church inside out. That we, I know you're scared, aren't you? 
that we flung open the doors and we carried Jesus out of here into our city to where all those people are intentionally and passionately. I would like the history books to say that we flung the doors wide open and we made this church a wide open, safe space for people to connect with Jesus. A place where there's um, community and a deep sense of relationship that are godly relationships. For pe- I'd like it said that people, um, we, we let people see Jesus. That this became a church and started as a church that let people see Jesus by what we do out there and by how we treat each other in here. Because both of those things matter, by the way. That's what we believe God gave us. And we're going to call it Inside Out Church. Say it with me. Inside Out Church. Say it like you mean it inside out church. It's a church that is less about staying within the walls and more about engaging with our world. More about getting outside, doing good. Do good. Say that with me. Do good. It's a church where the relationships inside the church model and reflect the extravagant generous, ridiculous love of Jesus, okay? Now, there are churches that say that they love each other, and how many have been to those churches and you go, this does not feel loving to me, right? Ever been in that? This is a church where we want the relationships among each other to to reflect the extravagant love of Jesus to a world that is lonely and a world that is defensive a world that is me first, we want to love each other. Say that with me. Love each other. Do good and love each other. And when we do that, you guys, people see Jesus. People see Jesus. Do good, love each other, reveal Jesus. It's an inside-out church. And you go, I don't know what that means. Here's what's going to happen. Here's what we're going to do, how the whole thing's going to unfold. The next three Sunday mornings, we're going to unpack this. We're going to talk about it. We're going to look in scripture. We're going to see what this looks like. We're going to see what an inside-out church looks like out there. We're going to see what an inside-out church looks like in here. We're going to try to figure it out. Can I just tell you, you should come this Sunday morning, next Sunday morning, and the Sunday morning after that, the next three Sunday mornings. You need to come because we're going to unpack it. We're going to open the whole thing up and explain what we're talking about inside out church. And then we're going we're gonna to communicate it. Now, you go, well, aren't you communicating now? Yes. Yes, I am. How many of you own a computer or a smartphone, or a tablet, or any version of something that can go online, raise your hands. Raise high. Raise them high. See, somebody, right? You all have something like that. Now, this is what I need. If you have not received an email from me in the last month, you're not on the list. Okay? And you go, no, I am. I, I gave someone, I'm telling you. 
If you have not received something from me in the last month or so, you are not on the list. And I know your inbox is full. My inbox is full too. But I don't know any better way to communicate during the week in between Sunday mornings than to send out an email that explains what's happening to a whole bunch of people at once. You understand I can't phone a thousand people every week, right? Some of you are looking at me like I should. It's not going to happen, okay? So if you are not on our email list, would you do me a favor and would you get on our email list? And you go, how do I do that? Well, I'm glad you asked. There's just outside the door at the information desk, there's a clipboard where you can write down your email address for us and we will make sure that you get added to it. We're not going to harass you, but I'm going to send out a quick note probably once a week-ish. And if I have a week that's a little busy, you'll give me some grace, but we're going to do that. And you write that down or you can follow us on Facebook or on Twitter or on Instagram or all the social media that's there. There will be links there to everything that's happening and there will be links where you can sign up for all the stuff. And then if you're not online, if you're one of the people here that you go, I am not online. Oh, and by the way, launching a new website that's almost ready to go. Thank you, Pastor Mike, for putting that whole thing together. Thank him. He's worked very hard. Yep. If you're not online, everything's going to be on slides here on Sundays. We're going to have flyers for you. We'll have stuff on paper and all of that. But we need to, so we're going to, we're going to unpack it. We're going to communicate it. And then here's what we're going to do. We're going to call for your input. We actually want to know what you think. We, we, some of you are already living inside out lives and nobody knows it. We would like to celebrate you. We want to find out who you are. We want to hear your stories and we want to celebrate you and let other people know the stuff that you're doing because people are going to see Jesus in what you do and then other people are going to be inspired by what you do and they're going to learn to live an inside out life. And we're going to ask some of you because some of you are working like crazy behind the scenes in this space in here and and nobody even knows about it. And we're going to celebrate you too because we thank God for you. We thank God for the people that serve the rest of the body of Christ. And people see Jesus when his kids treat each other well. And if you go, well, that's not me. Well, then we're going to call for your input as well. And we're going to say, listen, you need to find your place. You need to find your place in an inside out church if you haven't already. Because it's not just about coming And singing a few nice songs and hearing a nice message on Sunday mornings. That's not what the church is about. The church is a tight, loving community. It's a family full of God's kids that works together to show Jesus to the world. That's what the church does works together in tight relationship to show Jesus to the world by how we treat each other and by what we do outside the walls, bringing good to our world. And it would be a real shame if you missed out on that. Can I just tell you something? You know, the church, it was God's idea first. It was God's idea first. It wasn't a modern construct that institutionalized spirituality and took something organic and beautiful and made it into an institutionary bureaucracy. That's not what happened. The church was God's idea first. It's the body of Christ. It's a living organism 
The church is God's kids together, bringing good to our world and sharing the extravagant love of Jesus to each other so that the world can see Jesus. You know, the Apostle Paul, in Ephesians chapter 3, he talked about this, tripped over himself with excitement, trying to explain the whole thing. I'm not going to read the whole thing tonight, but he talked about the mystery of Christ. He said it was God's plan all along. His plan all along was to bring people together, bring them together into community. And it was God's plan all along to show the world who Jesus is through the church. The church was God's idea. It was his idea first, showing the world Jesus through the corporate gathering together of followers of Jesus. And at the end of this year, can I just tell you, next year at this time, when we're all here again, and we're all looking back at all the things that God has done, I want this community to be buzzing about evangel. I want this community right outside our doors. I want the city of Montreal to be going, did you hear about that 100-year-old church? They turned themselves inside out. They're doing so much good for our community. They're doing so much good for the city. We can't believe everything they're doing. I want this community to be just buzzing about the 100-year-old church that turned itself inside out and shared Jesus with the city. Next year at this time, I want people to be here that will say, I saw Jesus through this church, through evangel, through you and me. Do good, love each other, reveal Jesus. I'm going to ask if you would stand with me at this moment. And here's what I want to do. I want us to go into the new year going, God, you got to show us the way. I want us to go into the new year knowing that God is the one that is leading us into what he has next for us. And it might not be clear yet tonight, but it's going to be clear. So I want you to hold out your hands because for me, holding out my hands, that's a sign of surrender to God. That's a sign of openness that says, God, I'm asking you to come in and I'm asking that you would, that you would, that you would guide me and that you would show me what my place is. So still your mind for a moment. Close your eyes. And I want to pray a benediction over you. And then we're going to move forward into 2016. We're going to count it down together. We're going to cheer and shout at all that God has ready for us. Ready? For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love 
may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God, Now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that's at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen.